This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. You, yes you, are listening to the Blockade Podcast. I am your host, Chris Freebus, aka Shut Your Trap. Joining me, as always, halfway across the world, Jared Morgan. Hello there. Howdy, howdy, howdy. So once again, we are speaking to we are speaking to Jared, uh, not via a laptop, but via his phone again. In case you're wondering, the uh, slight shift in his audio was not bad. That's right, the slight less baseness. But the good news is that will be changing shortly. Um, because, oh, yes, because listeners, you may be aware last time that uh, that uh, Labbrokes uh, decided to get rid of me. Well, it's only taken me a couple of weeks. I've already found a new gig, so. Nice. Um, yeah, this one's a pretty sweet one too. It's, um, I'm going back to doing technical writing, but, um, I'm going to be sort of applying a product manager lens to it. And I'm probably also going to be, um, over the course of the year transitioning into a product role at this place. So they're the sort of company that I've been looking for for a while. And it's just very fortunate that they were around and hiring when, um, Labrix decided to do what they did. So, uh, yeah, I'm really happy, very, very happy, and we'll be glad to, A, get into gainful employment again, and B, actually have some sort of laptop. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, you, you hinted to me that you were uh, going to jump uh, out of the Mac cult and mm. uh, into the torture of the Microsoft world. <laughs> yeah, I, I was quite on the fence about doing this right like i have been using the mac for about three years now three lab brokes and i've really got a taste for it i mean it came from after i left red hat and i was using linux for like six years going to the mac felt like a breath of fresh air because everything well just worked um (laughs) and that was great but what i found was that you know that the macs are nice but i think apple are kind of losing their direction with their desktop products their mobile products are strong, but their their MacBooks and stuff are just becoming too expensive and not really that innovative. Whereas, yeah. you know, in, in the Microsoft space, you know, I think the last time I used Microsoft product of any type was really back in um, Windows 7. Yes, it would have been 7. So not Vista, but um, Windows 7. Yeah, And it was okay. It was okay back then. But then I heard all the stuff about, you know, their mobility uh, stuff through um, Windows uh, 8 mobile, I think it was. And then they just skipped 9 altogether. And I went, oh, they seem to be a little bit scatterbrained. I went, uh, I might just stick with Mac. But have you a look at the, the hardware now that um, Apple certifies, not Apple, um, Microsoft actually certifies. I think that's the thing that's tipped me over the edge because... Like these products, the Surface products that they're bringing out now, um, they're quite interesting. They're the two-in-ones are the I'm interested in um, that the two-in-one products. So I sort of like the idea of having a detachable tablet as yeah. well as a keyboard, right? Yeah. And for me, uh, yeah, the Surface Book Pro um, is the one that I've requested at the new job, and it's got like it's actually got an Nvidia. Um, graphics card in it and it's a 1060 i think i don't know how good that is but i i'd imagine it's pretty good no that's pretty good you'll be able to uh it'll be able to handle uh most 
Steam games fairly darn well. <laughs> and, and how interesting that it will be able to handle Steam games, Chris, because what will that mean? Mm, Jared <laughs> might actually be able to play Pinball Effects 3? That's right. I might be <laughs> back in action. On, well, I might actually be in action. On, in action. On that. So it's, a, it's um, cue, a, cue a letter music, a whole new world. Uh, say, unfortunately i don't know do you have any you haven't purchased any of the zen product on steam have you nope nope not a single yeah. one yeah so. so i'll be looking for a discount or um, <laughs> maybe having a chat to one of our friends at at, <laughs> at uh, zen to see if they can help me out um i don't know they might <laughs> well, I'm, well, I'm hopeful. <laughs> we for those of uh, you that want a little uh behind the scenes action when we first started well not first started doing the podcast but soon into the podcast um we were gotten in contact with uh somebody uh from zen and they put out well hey what do you guys need <laughs> and mm. me and Jared went oh well because i had already purchased a whole bunch of stuff off of a humble bundle and yeah. so i was i wasn't missing terribly much but uh, she was able to fill in the holes for me and then i think jared didn't you similarly did she try and fill in any of the holes for you on on the android platform oh she really wanted to but it, it was unfortunately not possible on android because of the way uh, the 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 entitlements work i mean steam is what i'm learning now is that if you are a gamer really steam and windows and well, Windows and any platform that supports that supports Steam really is probably the way to go. Like your choices on that platform, they're just huge. Like you've got all the good big name pinball titles on there. You've got Black Flaggers on there as well. Yeah, you've got you know all all of the choice that you could possibly want all on on Steam. So I kind of that's was weighing heavily on me um, when I thought, well, I could go with a Mac, but then I'd be no better off and i could if i got the service book pro i could set it up in a way that would still allow me to like keep the work stuff separate but on a, a personal profile i could actually try it steam and see what it was like yeah so you know, it's funny that uh, what you were saying though with uh where you said that apple has dropped the ball on the uh, gaming support well not gaming but gaming support but also with you were just saying with the hardware support as opposed to what they were doing with mobile and mm. help Microsoft pretty much has all but dropped mobile. I don't because I don't even think there's Windows 10 mobile anymore. Uh, that's just Windows 10. It's basically just they've merged everything into one platform. Right, but they don't even have their own phone anymore. They're not making their own uh, phone. They don't make Windows Phone anymore. Nope. Oh. Nope. It's gone. Okay. So it's kind of the. I think that they kind of saw where their bread was buttered, and rather than double down to, on it. Yeah, rather than try and compete with both Apple and Samsung for oh, Android. Android, for Android, yeah. uh, just fine. Go focus on the the hardware side, on the PC side of things, and mm. uh, you know, be really make that a smooth thing. And then on the same hand, what they did with that was merging their uh, the Xbox One, essentially, is now a Windows Ten gaming device. Uh, oh, is that right? So, so they've actually put Windows 10 on Xbox One, and that's how you I, game on it. I couldn't tell you for sure how that is. All I know is that uh, whatever game that you can play on Xbox, you can play on PC. 
Oh, really? Um, that That's they're, insane. That they're that well, like you can buy the Windows 10 version of it if I'm not mistaken. I'm not. They really wanted to make it so that uh, you could play kind of cross-platform. You know what I mean? Okay, a little um, bit like yeah. Sony does with their PlayStation Link on on their Sony phones, right? You can actually like, yeah, but they want to really like Sony is still very sketchy about it and doesn't want uh, to do Sony doesn't want to connect with a, a PC right now. They really don't okay. want to do it. And oh, no, sorry, I was talking about their their console, their PS4 console with yeah. one of their phones that works really well. Um, yeah, but nobody buys Sony phones. <laughs> oh, they're actually well, maybe not in America, not, they're, not in America, they're, they're I mean, outside of America. Yeah, oh, that's what, I mean, your comment before about Apple and Samsung, it's like, hang on a second, it's Apple and Android. <laughs> but you guys oh, but see, probably here, already... in the, here in the here in the states, it's everybody is using the the Galaxy phone. Yeah, um, there's I mean, plenty of other. Well, here it's nobody's very different. Using, like nobody's really using LG. Uh, definitely nobody's using Motorola anymore. Um, mm, I mean, interesting. The, yeah, Samsung really has a lock on it here. It's probably because of their um, partnering with the telcos. So pretty much they're the only phones you can get on contract. So therefore, you know, you buy them because that's it. Unless you want to pay $1,000 for a phone. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think also, you know, because when you walk into the store, um, you know, Google's, the the Pixel, they've, they've really been pushing that. And mm. I think people are still trying it out and there's a good chance of it uh, gaining a fair amount of traction. But yeah, um, yeah, you know, Motorola kind of they they started doing all this slap stuff on the back of the phone thing to turn into yeah. camera, turn into speakers, and everybody was just like, "Why do I want to carry more stuff?" You know, that was why what... don't I just have that as part of the phone? That'd be a good idea, right? You know, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I saw that. I don't know. That, I just, uh, I just Moto add-ons thing. And it just it just went. Oh, I I don't know if I want to like add things. If I want a really good camera, I just want it built into the phone. Like right. y- you can do that now with cameras. Yeah. You don't really need an external one. Oh. Uh, so um, anyhow, I'm really looking forward to giving it a go, and um, I'll probably be doing a medium article on my transition, yeah. <laughs> on my transition from uh, from Mac to Windows, and I think it's going to be okay. Like. I actually think it will be okay. The, the reason why I went on Mac when I started at Labworks was because I was using a lot of open source technology and in particular, a framework called Ruby. And Ruby really did not work well on Windows at all. Like it worked pretty well on Mac and it definitely worked well on Linux, but Windows, it was hard to get it working from all reports. But I think they've really made some some strides into that. So that's another thing I went, well, you know, the only way I'm going to find out is to do it. And then if it's terrible, well, then I'll work around it, you know? Yeah. Hmm. And I'd like to point out, folks, uh, if you have not already or uh, if you haven't just haven't visited in a while, please do visit our Medium site. It is blockadepinball.com slash episodes. And Hmm. uh, that's where you'll find, uh, of course, all the past episodes of our uh, podcast. But as well, uh, it's all of the movie reviews that I've been writing, which I'll tell you right now uh summer season's about to kick off and oh, I'm man i'm gonna be writing even more which i can't i don't know as it is i'm writing about three a week so yeah i've got to say that it, it's really good <laughs> like <I don't, laughs> this is not this is not a circle jerk here but 
like I really the thing that if you haven't checked out Chris's reviews, I'll I'll say this from a from my perspective is that it's not a typical movie review. It's not the sort of movie review you see um, on all the other critic sites. What's interesting about Chris's takes on these reviews is that they're they're the different side of the movies um, that perhaps other critics wouldn't touch on. And it's more honest sort of regular Joe review rather than critique review. And I really enjoyed What was the one that you did recently? I think it might, well, certainly a quiet place convinced me that I need to go and see that movie in the cinemas. Your review of that was great. And I think one of the ones you posted really recently was the Isle of Dogs review. Oh, that was Um, great. Yeah. And the way you wrote that particular um, review made me understand why it was good, not just because a reviewer told me it was good. And I think, you know, people who are listening to this now, Chris is pretty immersed in this. So, like, really, if you wanted um, to get a very impartial view about a movie, it's probably a good idea to actually have a look at Chris's reviews first before you go and see it, because I just feel that he's, he's sort of tapped into the the right sort of language and the right sort of um, style with these reviews. So I, I use them now to short these movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell so, you, my, my thing is I don't, I don't believe that, uh, I mean, other than giving a brief plot summary to remind you of what the heck I'm even talking about, you know, so you yeah. may go, Oh yeah, no, I know what he's talking about. I'm not going to dive into that. I'm not going to dive into, uh, you know, Half the time, I don't even remember who the the character name is. It's just you know the actor. Had a terrible time with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, and so what I tend to focus more on is things to look at uh, because I don't know about you, but I'm pretty good at being able to determine what kind of movies I'm going to like and what kind of movies I'm not. I mean, before I even see the movies. And yeah, I think I'm developing that skill because I don't go to movies that much. So yeah, so you kind of really hone into well, that looks the kind of, kind of thing that I'm gonna want to you know deal with, um, and so like prime example, one of the ones that I just reviewed was uh, Rampage, mm, which yeah. was oh <laughs> terrible, <my gosh>. <laughs> terrible, <laughs> and, and 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 see now here's the thing, if you go to Rotten Tomatoes, you'll see that it got you know like really really horrible Rotten Tomato uh, aggregate score, and yeah. then if you read any of the basic things. Um, they're all going to kind of focus on the same thing. But my whole point is, well, why is it terrible? Because yes, I'm I'm a person that loves action movies, and so many action movies tend to not get uh, good reviews <laughs> as it is. So it becomes a thing of, well, what is it about them that I like and what is it that I hate? And I'm able to appreciate movies for uh, for what they set out to do. So, and I keep on coming back to this one this year because I, I knew it was going to be a terrible movie, and that was The, the Hurricane Heist. Mm. It was, there's no way it was going to be a good movie. But the thing was, is while watching it, it knew it had no chance of being a good movie. And it kind of wore it as a badge of honor on its sleeve the entire movie. And you kind of wound up having fun watching it. So it was sort of like, I'm so terribly crap. Please enjoy the ride. Right. We're going to embrace (laughs) the the crap. And we're not going to try, we're not going to try and polish it. We're not going to try and, uh, you know, pull the wool over your eyes. We know we're stupid and we just want you to have a good time with the stupid. So yeah. then you get to a movie like Rampage where it doesn't realize how bad it is. 
and it's like you do realize what you're basing this off of you're basing it off of a video game that literally the entire point of the game is to be a monster and smash buildings that's it that's the plot you know and now you're going to extend this why i just i don't know why they chose that as a as a well, I don't know. They made an emoji movie. You know, it's like <laughs> uh, at least that had some some premise to it. Like it was thinly veiled, but at the same time, it was it was at least sort of it had a plot that, based on what you shared in your article about Rampage, Rampage was just full of. Like, I reckon probably you could just go and watch the movie trailer and get more satisfaction out of it from what I got out of your review. Honestly, yeah, because I the movie trailer made me have a slight hope that there might be something interesting. But the the problem was that it was so abysmally dumb, and mm. it flaunted science like pseudoscience. Um, and and all <laughs> to where you just why do they like, do it? Yeah, if why? you have a, an inkling about your anything you just gotta go what and a prime example is mm. that there is these these experiments that are being done in outer space and uh, the space station this is the beginning of the movie space station is exploding and so they uh, the person loads it up into their escape pod and jettisons out but before uh making a safe distance away the escape pod winds up blowing up also and these experiments wind up you know, leaving, you know, floating through space along with all the other debris, and it winds up being able to uh, make it through the atmosphere and land on Earth. Okay, right. fine. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. Whatever. Here's what I don't get. One of them landed in San Diego, one of them landed in Wyoming, and one of them landed in Florida. That's a pretty broad path for... Isn't that like the entire length of the, the yeah, continental the US? US? Yes. Yes. <laughs> There's right never on. a debris field that large. <laughs> no. I mean, well, when that space station was going to be crashing over uh, into Earth, they predicted there was a line that drew across uh, the US where it was going to land. But there's a, there could be debris across this particular transverse line well, across the US. Here's, but... here's the other thing. These these pods that were in, they were inside of a, a, like a, a cooler case also. So first the cooler had to survive the debris that was, then that would burn up in the atmosphere and then these things would separate. So by the time these things were ready to separate, there wasn't enough. They weren't in space anymore, if you will. So it would have all landed in the same, I don't know. So anyway, that's that's the kind of nonsense then. And it's one of those things that as the movie goes on, like I'll suspend my disbelief for a while. Like that didn't bother me. Yeah. That didn't bother me at, at the beginning, but then all of a sudden, things just happen and happen and happen. And then you start going, wait a second. And once you start that path, then you go yeah, back yeah, to, right. And then it's just all, and it got to the point where I was like ready to turn around and look at other people in the audience and go like, are you serious with this? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it, it, am I actually seeing this? Like, do they expect us to swallow this as like plausible? <laughs> like, you know, sure. It's an action movie. And yes, it's a movie, but you kind of have to remain within the realms of, physics and science yeah just just so it doesn't become uncanny valley with the stuff you're trying to do right yeah so my whole point of bringing up the uh the blockade articles (laughs) is to go read them well yeah go read them but i want to to also hint at i'm currently re-watching all of tarantino's movies and i was thinking of of 
eventually writing an article uh, what I like best to worst and worst being I still really like his movies so it's not like there it's bad movie you know of, of all his batch it's just you know there's some that I like way better and you know you can judge the scale of that but anyway so I'm I'm plowing through those all right now um because I haven't mm. visited his movies in some time like I watched Pulp Fiction the other night and I hadn't watched that in guy probably at least five years right um, so it'd been a while and it was, it was fun revisiting so anyway that's the kind of thing that i'm uh, gonna be be posting about soon too mm, okay cool well yeah definitely check out the article section on the site if you haven't already so i guess you know i'm not going to be editing this by the way so you're gonna have to put up with all that front-loaded <laughs> front war, warm-up until i get my uh, surface pro and I actually have an editing suite again so um, welcome to the pinball segment of the podcast. Which <laughs> when you, when you, what do you mean doing? You'll understand why it's this delayed because there's not much to talk about. Um, not basically a the only great deal. No, the only thing mm. going on was that uh, Zen had released their two Star Wars tables. Oh yeah, the, the Last Jedi and Octo the... Island. Octo, is that how you pronounce it right? Yeah, or yeah. Acto. I don't know what I'm saying. Octo. Uh, I think it's Octo, yeah. Uh, you know, with British accents, yeah, well, it's definitely Octo. <laughs> I, I have to say that um, yeah, out of the two tables, I actually kind of like them both. They, I don't really have, there's not really a stinker in there for me out of the, the two packs. So I don't think I mean, there's a stinker, but neither one of them has really grabbed me. Um, of the two, I'm preferring the Octo Island over Last Jedi. And you kind of you kind of hit upon it for me um, mm. when we were briefly talking the other day. You said that the Last Jedi reminded you a lot of Black Knight two thousand with yes. the uh, upper playfield. And I yes. went, "Aha! That's why I don't really like it." Oh, really? So you don't really like Black Knight two thousand either because it's just too top heavy. Yeah, it's 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 too top heavy, and it's very much. Uh, timing your flipper hit just right. And if you miss it, well, now it drops down and then you got to go through all these steps to get it back up to that upper play field. Mm. And that's what I don't care for. Um, and then with, with last Jedi it really does it in terms of there's the upper play field that you have to, that you can hit. And from that upper play field, you can make it to another upper play field. Yes. And it gets Cause... frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, it's your dog. I heard you like upper playfield, so I put an upper playfield next to upper playfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, there's a lot going on at the top. I like the well, I find it interesting the layout in that particular table. Like you, you can tell that if this was to be produced as a real table, it would be a super duper wide body. Oh yeah, because like this thing would be like basically you could take a pinball machine, and if you had it lengthways you would like when you normally orient a pinball, you have to actually put it sideways and then double the playfield size. <laughs> well, that's, that's how wide this thing would be. I reckon that's how <laughs> wide this thing would need to be if you're going to actually do it. It'd need to be Hercules playfield size, oh, I reckon. God. I know. But with a regular it, ball. It's, it's, but with a regular ball, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's big. It's got a lot of flippers. That that left upper playfield on the table is a bit weird like the flipper geometry that they they've got up there with the three flippers yeah i don't know upper, if they actually the needed upper, the upper flipper of that i haven't figured out why that's even there like mm. 
it doesn't make sense to me why that flipper is there because none of the ramps are directly accessible via mm. it. Um, you know, your your bottom two, obviously the one is to shoot the left ramp and the other is to shoot the right ramp. Um, so, But, yeah, the, it's bizarre. The, I mean, the right one is easier to understand because it's like you, you're shooting those drop targets, which I kind of like the way they've done them. Like they're essentially like stones that yeah. you drop down. So that's nice. Like that right hand play field is kind of nicely designed because it's got all that stonework and it's got it really that part of the play field's all about the Arcto or whatever it's called island, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Like it's about that sort of geography. So they've done they've kept that side of the play field really quite sort of natural looking, which is cool. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's strange. Some some things are strange, but I, I think it's okay. <laughs> I think it's okay. See, here's what I find interesting is that they bothered to put the island on the Last Jedi table, but then they went and made an entirely another table devoted in exclusively to the island. Whereas mm. what's not represented on the table, at least not that I've noticed, is at the end of the movie when they go to that uh, the planet with the uh, red dirt, if you will. Yeah, the um, red dirt planet, whatever it's called. That doesn't seem to be represented on this table. So yeah, true. I, I kind of wished that the, they had put that on there instead of Octo and then left that to its own table. I don't know. It's 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 kind of a bizarre combination and, and theme focus as far as I'm concerned. Um, right. And it just hasn't really it hasn't really grabbed me, whether it's the the it's got to be the upper play fields. That's all I got to think. There's just this weird flow to the table for me. Um, but it's not, uh, not grabbing my attention as well as the other one. Right. Now, with the Octo Island, the interesting thing about that one is it's not an incredibly deep table. Um, it's not. It's like a System 11, really, isn't it? Um, yeah. There's like three major modes basically based around um, Chewie, Han, and Ray. Yeah. And that's about it really and then the wizard like i've already got the wizard mode on it i was really surprised i went uh okay we're done uh, so yeah i think i've actually got the wizard mode on the last jedi as well uh, oh, i just okay. had a really cracking game on it and i just got to the end and i sort of didn't really it didn't really feel amazing mm-hmm. but it, I, I got the wizard unlock so uh, fine i guess <laughs> <laughs> um but it's it's still they're still fun to flip I well, they're definitely, the, um, they're definitely better than... There's quite a few Star Wars tables that I just go, ugh. Yeah, um, like, like that horrible, like, what is it, Sith Balance versus, of the Force or something like that. Oh, that thing is just... I don't know. I would get a refund on that one if I could. And I'm not a fan. I personally am not a fan of the Darth Vader table. I find it to be um, too reliant on combos. And uh, it's not a shooter's table at all. It's um, not. So that one I've always kind um, of been. Oh, yeah, it, I agree. It's sort of like, yeah, it just, yeah. There's something about it that just feels clunky, right? Yeah. It's um, it's not that good. Hey, did you notice on the, um, the Arc, I'm, I'm going to botch his name every time I say it, the <laughs> Arndo, I, I, I'm, I'm the Arndo table. No, there's no N. It's A C H. A H C H, toe. So octo. octo. 
Ah, oh, I want to call it the opto table <laughs> because <laughs> optos are from pinball. So the octo table. Have you noticed that um, they've got this new element on the play field that I've never seen them use before? And it is the type of element that you would put on a wooden pinball machine if you were making one yourself. So you, your ball had something to interact with. It's like, it's it, instead of having a spinner, they've got these things that look like turnstiles that are on the left loop and that weirdly placed sort of wall right near the upper flipper. Okay. And they actually spin around like turnstiles. So a little bit like, you know, if you were making a wooden pinball machine, you, you make a cross and you put a nail right. through it. And yeah. then the ball would shoot through it and spin it around like a helicopter blade. Yeah. Well, they've got those sticking out of the the size of the play field, but you can't see the full rotor. And I've just thought, that's really bizarre. I've never seen that style of like playfield switch ever on a Zen game before. Hmm. Have a look next time you play it. Have a yeah, look I don't on think the, I've noticed. On, yeah, I just went, oh, like it looks like a wooden pinball machine. Like <laughs> a make it home that you make for your kids with marbles, you know? Yeah, it's like well, at least it's a, it's a really things. unusual thing. Oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, it's not it's not a bad thing. It doesn't actually affect the gameplay. It's just yeah. something new and visually different. And I kind of like yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I just thought it was unusual and worth highlighting. That's all. They uh <laughs> they went through and did a, a big update on Pinball FX3. So I know you don't know about it oh. since you don't have it. But um, is that the one that they did last time with all the the new um, tournament? Yeah, we highlighted it in like our that. last thing. So I finally have gotten a chance to yeah. it's now live, and so I've been able to okay. play with it. And I love love being able to limit <laughs> the amount of plays that you get. It's just it's the best, right? It, it <sighs> would man. You when know, you were I... telling me about it last week, I was going, "Oh, geez, that's like the." That's the biggest win right there as a yeah. tournament director, like a, a pseudo tournament director in Zen. Like you want, like th there's no tournament I know of in real life that will go, oh yeah, just play the game unlimited times right. during the two hour period or the three hour period that you have. Like it's, you get one go or two if you're lucky. Yeah. And that's it. Then you're done. So I love that. Like you get basically your best go is your best go and that's it. So the first time I, I, I tried it out, I gave everybody 10, uh, 10 goes. Mm -hmm. and so, but then this one that we're running uh, right now that is ending pretty soon, uh, we're, we're playing, and I only gave it, uh, well, because it's opening this weekend, I did the uh, Infinity Gauntlet table. And this is a table mm -hmm. that is, it's bizarre, and it's baffled me mm -hmm. whenever I tried playing it before. And I only gave everybody three chances. And, oh, <laughs> which is just plain mean and and my my intention with that was well hey if you really want to learn this table you're going to have to go play it on your own in, in single uh, player mode and, mm. uh, and then bring your skills to the yard bring, bring your a milkshake to, to the yard. yard you know and that way also <laughs> if you want to go ahead and build up because I then said you know, use whatever modifiers that you want if you want to go build those up go build them up in practice but you're not going to be able mm. to build them up here in the uh, in the game itself and yeah, so the the first game I played, I forgot to put in any of the modifiers. <laughs> I was like, oh. "Whoops!" 
and uh and so i played it and so then the second game i played and i had my modifiers in and i wound up posting like like the high score had been i think 33 million and i posted like 250 million (laughs) so yeah so this is the thing i saved my last go because i was like ah nobody's gonna touch that but i'm gonna save my last turn just in case and sure Mm -hmm. enough i checked it today and uh Somebody that rarely plays in our tournaments, Pinball Wiz 45B, he went and posted a score that was 300 and some million. I'm like, ah, that's why I'm saving this one. So I'm gonna draw. I'm you gonna could, give. I'm gonna have that one more go. Gotta have that a contingency, man. But that's just yeah, it. You gotta have that a contingency have, plan, right? I only have one shot at it, and so it's kind of it's kind of thrilling. It's more. It's much better than me just going. Ah, well, okay, I'll just spend the next hour devoted to trying to beat that score. It's mm. no, I got one shot. That's it. So yep. yeah, I love the that. Stakes it's, are high, man. The stakes uh, are high. That's just it, it makes me so happy that they put that in there. <laughs> Is that all the Zen talk we have? Kind of. I did make one suggestion uh, to Zen, uh, mm. for which I actually responded, uh, tongue in oh. cheek. But uh, I've been reading the Dune prequel books. Okay, uh, and I finished the three of those and now i'm into the actual uh, book again dune has always been my uh, one of my absolute favorite novels mm-hmm. and it got me thinking i was like you know zen needs a new property to make a pinball table about and wouldn't that be an awesome property to do because you don't follow the movies or the movie um don't certainly don't follow the sci-fi miniseries um, just follow the novels and create your own artwork and do your own thing. Um, you know, so the, the, that's the only licensing aspect of it is from the book. But if you remember uh, back in the day when there was real-time strategy games being played, Dune mm. was the first one or one of the first ones to really capture people's imagination. And then uh-huh. it became uh, uh, Command and Conquer, I think, uh, became the next iteration. Oh, really? Everybody. Oh, yeah. So there was, you know, you are, you're familiar with Command and Conquer, right? Yeah, the video game. I didn't know it was yes. actually like a tabletop game. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the video game. Oh, but right, it's, right. It's, it's, yes. it's considered a real-time strategy. Well, before Command and Conquer, there was the video game Dune. And it was very oh, right, similar. Yes. It, was, it used the same kind of uh, mechanics Mechanic. uh, that, that mm. did. And it was wildly popular uh, back in the day. So that's what I'm saying. I'm like, oh, man, can you imagine, you know, a giant sandworm? popping up <laughs> and eating so your you can imagine or... the play field you could do some really cool things with the play field like i would envisage if i was conceptualizing that game is that you would just basically have the whole play field as sand mm-hmm. and it, you would actually have the inserts with sand blowing over them like mm-hmm. in a desert so you could really do some very interesting environmental effects in that game and then well, you, you just have really... random sandworms popping up and just grabbing your ball and taking them in you know well, the the thing about a sandworm is is that it is attracted to movement. So, oh, you're perfect. Yeah. You put you you put a ball into a, a pop bumper. That's going to attract a sandworm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, similarly with the sandstorms, you could have a sandstorm go over the table and completely change what the the playfield looked like and make oh, it. A, yeah, you could actually change the layout or add a new yeah. ramp or take a ramp out or break exactly. a ramp or something like or that. Break a ramp. Exactly. Yeah, you could. Um, you know, you have things in the book where it's all about, you know, you're harvesting spice, but you got to harvest it before the sandworm comes. And so there's your hurry ups. Um, mm. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a lot all of... sorts of 
There's a lot of scope. Yeah, there's there. all sorts of little things of that you can that you could do, um, and that's just scratching the surface. And you know, let alone if you start getting into the, uh, you know, who are you following? Are you following the Atreides? Are you following the Harkonnens? Are you following the Freemen that are running around? I mean, there's all sorts of little things that uh, that could come about it. So anyway, I suggested that too. So Zan you could actually and... have. Um, that sounds like a good idea. I mean, you could you basically have those modes similar to Game of Thrones and Doctor Who, where you select mm -hmm. a, a type of a uh, family, I guess, or a clan, and exactly. that adds things like, like modifies the risk of your playfield changing or stuff like that. You know, exactly. And um, there's a there's a bunch of those houses uh, in the book, so it's. I think that's kind of what got me thinking about it. Me reading them and then me playing Game of Thrones and realizing that there's a lot of Game of Thrones took from Dune, um, mm. of the the politics and the the various houses. And stuff, and I was like, "Well, certainly, if they can make a pinball machine out of of Game of Thrones, you could do the same thing with Dune, and uh, totally better, yeah. better than Verzen." So I, I tweeted that out to them, and they tweeted back me a, a picture of uh, <laughs> if you if you know the image, you'll it'll pop into your head. But uh, Sting was in the movie; he played Fade Rathau, and was notorious for this shot of him in this leather bikini thing. Uh, <sighs> Oh, no, I don't know it, but I don't oh, want to know it either. That sounds oh, horrifying. Just, just find my tweet, uh, click on Zen's response because they attached a GIF of it. And uh, oh. <laughs> they were like, that would be pretty epic. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> so, um, oh, no. Definitely, that's a definitely good reason not to base it off the movie. <laughs> Oh uh, uh, yeah. So I think uh, we could probably leave Zen um there for now because that's a, a fair bit of coverage. Yeah, there's um, a fair bit of coverage on that. Yeah, but you know, I actually did see on Android that Farsight released an update to Pinball Cadet. Um Oh, that thing. You know, yeah, that. So they released it and they've done some graphical tweaks to it. They've also done some extra modes and stuff to it as well. And they're just putting a bit more polish on it um, and stuff like that. So that was interesting to check out again. It's actually still, I don't, I don't really actually have a problem with that game. It's actually an interesting distraction. Um, so they put some more ball effects on it and stuff like that. So the ball changes when you activate certain modes and stuff like that in the game. So it was, it was interesting to play with it and um, sort of revisit that particular title. And like I said, uh, to me, it reminded me of Snowball, and I wasn't really a fan of that. Mm. It zooms in a lot more now. So when you are in a particular area of the playfield, it doesn't have that really wide view that Snowball suffers from. Uh, like it actually does zoom in a bit more, which helps. Um, but the thing that um, was also interesting is that they've, for the first time in a long time, we actually have an updated beta um, for Farsight uh, that's up for Android at the moment. And I don't know if you've got something similar on Steam or that you've you've seen anything come through. I haven't uh, looked in Steam for the beta just because as far as I know there wasn't any tables coming. <laughs> so I No, it's not it's not a it's not a table update. It's uh I guess a an improvement update. So bug fixes and other stuff. Oh, okay. One thing one thing I noticed though in there is that they're actually starting to discount some tables now. They they had this new thing where it's it's not you can't buy them or anything yet. It'll it'll take advantage of the discount, but they've got 
I think it's at the moment the Gottlieb, some of the Gottlieb ones, they they marked them down to uh, a very cheap price um, from their normal like thing in Australia. It's like nearly um, five bucks here yeah, for yeah. like a one of the Gottliebs if you don't buy it in the season to like the the classic mobile ninety nine cent price. So yeah. so yeah, um, there you go. Um, stay if you're on Android and you haven't got any of those. I think there was a wipeout. Um, and a couple of other godly ones that were in the last season. So if you haven't got those yet, um, hold off because you're in for a bargain if you haven't. Oh, I'll have to look and see. They did update the, uh, do a new beta right now of the pinball tournament app that they have. That's oh, okay. the, uh, the thing with the tickets, basically, folks, where you're playing the reskin of Fireball. And they made a few improvements to the how the end of the game uh, registers in terms of now it's painfully obvious when you hit 50,000 points that that's why the game is suddenly not uh, letting you play anymore. Um, right. It starts flashing so 50,000, it lets the balls drain, um, as opposed to just the game stopping and all of a sudden a score popping up. So that yeah, was nice, that's good. but they still missed out the opportunity of doing uh, you know a bonus count, if you will, to show mm-hmm. you what the heck your time bonus and ball bonus, uh, what those scores actually mean. Um, like I said, I understand what they are now, but I had to kind of work it out for myself. And mm. I, you know, for a two second animation, just throw it in there and uh, let it be painfully obvious for people so they know. It would be better. It definitely would be a better user experience if you actually spelled yeah. that out clearly. I agree. Um, I did ask. Uh, whether they were going to be doing another table for that. Mm. And they, <laughs> the way it was phrased to me makes me kind of go, wait, is this a Farsight's for hire on this job? Because they were saying, well, we'll have to see what's requested of us. What's requested of us? Yeah. So it's, mm. it sounds like uh, currently there's no plans for another to do another table in there. Um, the only reason why I want another table in there is because you're bored of firepower. Uh, yeah, I've I've um, kind of uh, reached fireball. up to the mastery fireball, and and yeah, the equally bored part is me waiting around for somebody to play against. I mm. literally have two people that I play against. That's it. Um, oh. I don't I know I don't qualify for other people, or they I should say they don't qualify for me. And so I I made some suggestions. I said, how about handicapping people? Um, I go, you've got a problem in terms of not having any users. And the only way you're going to have users is if they, whenever they log in, that they get to play on somebody. So you need to start handicapping. And mm. whether that whether that means uh, handicapping, not necessarily changing how the game is played, but encouraging people mm. to want to play against you. So again, do that whole categorization where if I'm an A and the other people are a B before the game even starts, say, we're going to pair you up with an A player. If you choose to play and you beat that person, you get an extra, you know, couple of tickets. Yeah. Um, you know, and similarly with me, if I want to play against a B person and it will say, oh, hey, well, you know what? They're only playing for two tickets. You're going to be playing for 10. You know, make it, <laughs> make it so that I've got a little uh, more scratch in the game. Uh, yeah, totally. To where I go, eh, I don't necessarily want to play against them. You know, I don't know something, but whatever it is, make it so that we've got uh, more people to play against. Yeah, 
because without that, the game's dead. The, yeah, without it, the game's dead. And and right now, again, the only mode that's available is this the tickets mode, which is you know free. Um, mm. Once you get into the money mode, there's going to be even fewer players, and yep. that's not going to be cool at all. And no. I, I also suggested, you know, as it is right now, by playing what they call the practice mode instead of pro mode. So if you're playing in the practice mode, you can earn trophies for doing various things. And some mm-hmm. of those trophies have actually given money. So currently I have $3 in my account. Um, right. Well, how about making it so that by doing this trophy, you can earn, say, up to about 10 bucks. Um, and I say that because you're not able to cash out until you've hit 40, I believe. Oh, right. Okay. So you're giving me free cash that I can't cash out anyway. Especially so, the bonus bits. So in in the in the bookmaking world, coming fresh from lab breaks, what they're giving you is bonus bits that you can't actually take with you. You can use them within the, the, the game to actually play, but you've got to turn them over a certain amount of times before you can actually withdraw. Exactly. It's you know, you're being mm. comped so with the idea that you're probably yeah. gonna spend more or for the, the idea, idea that now there's now there's extra players for those people that actually will be spending more. Um, mm. but it's an acquisition some, strategy. Yeah. But the problem is, is that some of these trophies that <laughs> there's not that many, uh, trophies available for the practice round. And some of them are mm. downright impossible because there's not enough players to play against. So like yeah. one of them, it's playing 10 matches a day for a week. Well, I can, <laughs> I can easily post like getting one. Yeah. I can easily post 10 scores, but then I have to wait and see if anybody's even going to play against me. Um, mm. you so know, they're basically so, unobtainium. Yeah. Um, they're achievements that are only relevant if the, if the actual user base was such that it could support that achievement, which right. is not right. Yeah. So, so they'll be sitting there for a while. <laughs> yeah. Think. Here's, here's hoping. Um, <laughs> now somebody's been having a good laugh though within that game. Mm. Oh hey, yeah. Man. Have you enjoyed playing against sissy bitch? <laughs> somebody somebody has uh, gone and and pulled jared's avatar and uh my twitter avatar which i've now changed just to fuck yeah. with him um and uh <laughs> tried to to pretend to he's jared and then also and i don't know if it's the same person or not but they went and they did the same thing uh with Cassania and hit one of his mm. avatars they used that one for a little while and the username was Cassania's gay and then for which he he wrote, he was like, are they trying to insult? Because that's a really lame insult. It's like um, uh, solid burn? <laughs> I don't know. And uh, <laughs> and so then they uh, they changed it and they put a new picture and it said Queen Cassania. Um, <laughs> so I kept on, uh, I, I, I asked the, the, both of the uh, Jared and, and Sven, I said, how come they pick on you and nobody picks on me? And they were like, well, that's because you don't ban anybody. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good cop. You guys are a bad cop. So yeah, Exactly. So someone has a lot of time in their hands, clearly, and they, they like to... I mean, it's fine because Sissy Bitch, the uh, the the one that uh, it's got my avatar, is actually first at the moment. So, hey, look, I'll take it. I'll take a first place finish without having to actually do a single thing or spend a single cent. No worries, mate. Thanks. Keep playing well. Well, they were first um, for that day. Mm. Until, oh, right. and, and, okay. and then until I beat them a whole bunch of other times. So <laughs> good. Yeah. Yeah. 
60 bits. Well, I gotta, I gotta say, it, 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 it is fun doing the competition with it. I mean, even only having the one table yeah. and the lack of players, um, I love the competition because as soon as somebody posts a score against me, if I lose, I'm like, rematch. If they lose and they request a rematch, I go, sure, let's do it. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's fun to compete that way, and that's what I love about Pinball FX3 uh, doing the tournaments because it's it's that competition thing. Uh, it's such a low. The thing about Zen though is just circling back to it. It's the reason why it's successful is there's just there's no barrier to entry. You just do it. No, yeah, and you, just do it. and you don't need to know anyone. You just go nope. and join a tournament. Nope. Basically, it's the equivalent of just walking into a pinball arcade that has a tournament on, and going, "Hey, look, I want to join the tournament. Sure, come and join. Let's play." You know? And then the fact that they opened it so that if you're Steam, you're playing against Steam, PS4, and Xbox One. Um, and if you're Xbox One or PS4, then you're only playing against either your same console or the Steam player. But still, it opens up that pool of who's playing and who's not. And yeah. uh, I saw one person comment about how they were saying that they were entering a tournament on all of their consoles. <laughs> the same tournament oh, on all. You know, and trying to do it that way. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's... Competition is what makes pinball fun. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, it is a competitive, well, not sport, but it's a competitive hobby. Yes, um, skill. I, it's I, designed. It's yeah, it's designed for it, really. Yeah, yeah. I I, I attribute uh, pinball to like that of darts or billiards or pool. It's not a sport. It's a skill. Um, and I even it's a extend, skill. I even extend that out to golf. Sorry, it's not a sport. It's a skill. <laughs> it's a skill. Yeah, it is. You you can no, be a, you can be a world class athlete and play golf, but it's not an athletic sport. <laughs> no, not when there's the other guys. You've got golf hurt. carts. Well, like taking you it know, around it, to all the holes. Like uh, the, the not... fact that you can actually you know drink while playing, <laughs> it's you know and that kind of ruins something about that uh, about that too. So. Well. It doesn't. It only ruins the fact that it's not a sport. It doesn't ruin the right. game because that's the only way I can play golf when I've had a few beers. <laughs> and that's and usually it's Ambrose. So because I'm that bad, <laughs> I have attempted it uh, twice in my life, and we just started referring to it as gopher hunting because I could never get the ball more than two feet off the ground anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. yeah, I'm very much the same. I'm terrible. Yeah, you know, um, we were on a, we were on a one of these uh, par three courses. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> I'm out there with a wood <laughs> because there's no chance that I'm gonna even get it down there far anyway. But so we were just like, ah, what the heck? Let's just hit it with the woods. Sure. <laughs> Basically, if, if I make contact with the thing, it's gonna go a little way. So right. let's make sure that that big fat-headed wood is going to contact this. Give me the maximum opportunity to contact the ball. Exactly. In fact, do you have a broom that I could hit this with? Because that's a size head I need to actually be able to play golf. <laughs> that's me. I mean, geez, I need basically a, a head on the golf club that's the size of, you know, a plate, I reckon. Yeah. And then I'd be able to play golf. Yeah. So mini golf for me. Just that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, mini golf is great. I love mini golf. Yeah. Bring that on. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Oh. All right. Well, yeah. folks, oh, I, did, I did have, why, I had one, one very short little bit of real pinball news um okay and that is uh those of you follow me on the instagrams will have seen that i've laid down white paint on the star race playfield, and uh it has made a big difference already to how it looks it's uh amazing what happens when you do it eh? it uh, looks good yep um, 
unfortunately it highlights all the bad <laughs> yeah it, it makes all the other ones very prominent i'm not i'm not going over all the other white bits i'm drawing a line in the sand saying i just wanted to get the bits that were really terrible yep. i'm going to be doing the blacks next and i've learned my lesson from um doing all the whites so i'm just going to be putting a big sheet of um frisket over the whole play field and just cutting out everything i want to spray there you go um and getting it done i did find um a instagram account where this guy uh is doing really beautiful restorations on tables like he had a a medieval madness play field that was um you know where the the castle lock is where you shoot it through the flappy bit and it yes. goes in the back and goes into sort of like a trough yes. um at the back there um well, this particular playfield was smashed to bits, basically. It had seen a lot of play. So he rebuilt the, the side of the um, well, the area um, with putty and bog and smoothed it off and everything. And part of it, of course, was spraying it. And don't know if you realize that there's a lot of red on that playfield. In fact, mm -hmm. the entire playfield is basically red. Mm. Um, like when you actually mask everything off. And I, I was looking at it and <laughs> I made a comment on his uh, Instagram post saying, geez, it makes my star race frisket job look trivial in comparison. Cause he, what he'd done is he had masked off every single insert um, and every single bit, except for the red on the oh play field. And, and like his detail work on his, on his um, masking was incredible. And all he was using was just white, white masking tape. Oh my like, God. Not frisket. Not anything. He's no, I just used the, the cheap, crappy white masking tape on mine and it works great. And it really does. Like I couldn't fault it. Hey, so it, it seems it doesn't really um, matter what you use, but uh, yeah, he, he had great success with the masking tape. Anyhow, um, I just thought I mentioned that. And on the day that I learned that I had a new job, I thought oh, I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to go to Netherworld and grab a bit of a burger and play a bit of pinball. I got there a bit early because they open at 12 and um, uh, I got chatting to Jimmy, who's the owner, and he goes, oh, geez, we got this. Um, he told me the story about a, a game that he got. Um, it was uh, a Star Trek, like William Star Trek, and uh, it had been sitting downstairs in the, uh, the literally the netherworld of the netherworld. <laughs> um, in their basement um, for about nine months in pieces. And he said, this one was crazy. Like we had a, we had a landline when we connected the business up and we never turned it on. And just one day we decided to actually connect a, a phone to it and actually listen to the messages. And this guy had left a message on saying, look, I've got this Star Trek. Um, do you want to like have it? Because I'm just literally going to just get rid of it and, and junk it. And I went, ah, uh, uh, yeah, we'll take it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it didn't have any legs, but that, that's easy to fix. You yeah, legs, it, legs are easy. Mm. So this thing, look, the plastic's are a little bit smashed up, like the ramp, of course. The big warp ramp is a bit damaged, yeah. which always happens on this game. But they said, look, you know, if you've, if you've got the capability, like we've seen your work on Instagram with restoring Star Wars, do you want to have to go at this one too? Um, so... I might have to <laughs> convince Kim that I need to find room for another table here so I can fix <laughs> that one up for them as well. <laughs> so my star race might have a friend if we can work wow. out how to actually get get it get it um, in here. Um, so yeah, that's that's some interesting news. Cool.
All right. Well, for other interesting news, folks, why don't you go ahead and follow us on Twitter? The show mm. is at Blockade. Jared is at Jared Morgs, and I am at Shut Your Trap. You can also drop us an email at blah, blah, blockade at gmail.com. Mm. That would be a good idea if you uh, have any uh, suggestions for our show or comments and stuff uh, that uh, require more than 140 characters. Mm. <laughs> 240 now because they've doubled 240, Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then, whatever it is. Uh, and then, as we mentioned before, why don't you go ahead and uh, check out the website that is blockadepinball.com slash episodes. Yes. All right. And, well, uh, um, that's about it, really. That, that was a good show. Big we'll, show. Uh, we'll hopefully have more to talk about next time. We're we're sitting on uh, things that uh, we want to talk about, what we can't talk about, and yes. uh, yet. But when we're able to talk about it, you'll know it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Until then. Bye bye. <laughs> A little, oh little pause there. We're just extending that for you. All right, later. Wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blarcade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball. <laughs>